All right, welcome back to another episode of Pop Culture POV. I'm randomly Ronnie Jr. along with Jackie, Kelly, Mary. Hello, everybody. We're going to talk about one of our favorite rom-coms, which is called My Best Friend's Wedding. Jackie, how are you doing? Tell me why this rom-com makes a lot of sense to you, why you love it, why you think about it as one of your favorites. You know, I think I think the writing's really funny. I, there's a there's a lot of good one-liners that um, Mary's actually a friend of mine from high school, so we've been quoting them over the years. Uh, and there's of course that iconic scene um, that where they're singing in the um, in the restaurant, the yeah, fish market restaurant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, I I sent everyone or Ronnie and Mary this Vulture article where uh, they say that essentially it's a musical. And I didn't realize it at the time, but now looking back at it, I was like, yeah, this is one of the reasons that I love, I had the, I had the CD back in the day yeah. and I played it in my car and I love the soundtrack. And I, now I think that was a- another reason why I love this is because the soundtrack is amazing. It, it's like a musical. Um, Kelly, were you first attracted to it right away or did it grow like over the years? Like, was this was when you watched it for the first time where you're like, this is an instant classic. How'd you feel about it? Oh yeah. I loved it the first time I watched it. And I loved that it doesn't end the way normal rom-coms end. like who, like who we think in the beginning is supposed to be the heroine isn't. And like, she doesn't win what she wants. And it's a whole different lesson. And I really loved that about this story because I felt like it was funny. It was real. It kind of, it touched on the blurred lines of different relationships you have in your life with different people and just how sometimes jealousy can really take over and just, you know, kind of cloud you from what is genuine versus what you feel is just yours. And I just like that it did that in such a fun way. I know. And Julia Roberts, uh, she fell a lot in the movie too. (laughs) Unnecessarily amount of times, but it worked. Uh, Mary, you do a podcast. It's called The Watcher Diaries. Real quick, tell me what that's about. And then secondly, talk to me about genre because The Watcher Diaries is a specific genre. Tell me what you think makes the rom-com genre so special. Okay, so super quick, uh, I host or I co-host along with my friend uh, Froggy, The Watcher's Diaries. It is a Buffyverse podcast covering everything from the movie to the TV show, books, comics. If it has Buffy in it, we'll talk about it. Basically, if it has vampires in it, we'll talk about it. So if you guys like that kind of thing, check us out. Um, In genre, okay, so the rom-com. Rom-coms, I've heard it described, I've heard a really good description of romantic comedies, especially like the Hallmark ones and stuff, that they're like Disney movies for adults. They just make you feel like, yeah, they make you feel warm and fuzzy and they've got like great musical moments like this one does. And a lot of the romantic comedies of this time in the early 2000s did put random musical numbers (laughs) in the middle of them. And, you know, you just, you're rooting for these people. And in this one, like we said, it kind of turns the genre on its head, which is something we love to talk about because the very idea of Buffy was the little girl who's probably going to get killed is the hero of the story. So especially this movie where it does, it turns the whole idea of the rom-com because the whole time you're like, yeah, he's going to end up with this person, doesn't end up with that person. And I think that's what like truly makes this movie amazing. But yeah, romantic comedies, they're just happy and fun and they make you feel good. Yeah, especially like you you noted in this time, there was a bunch of them at the time. I almost feel like they've, they've slowed down for some degree. Um, like we don't get a lot of them anymore. Uh, everything is, is uh, a reboot, <laughs> but I, I like there's them to me. There's a lot of reboots, but there's also a lot of, um, because of the pandemic, the way that the budgets work out, a lot of them are going straight to streaming. 
And depending on who has what streaming platform, you might not have heard of them or you might not see them. So I think that's an that's another issue of the time is because of the pandemic and the way the budgets work out. Some some rom-com were back in the day, it would be in the theater, it would be, you know, advertised everywhere. The one that's advertised everywhere right now is Marry Me with Ronnie's mm-hmm. favorite J-Lo. Um, which which I have watched already, yes. Oh, I, I haven't did, seen I did it too. Yet. I watched it. I'm put, I'm rating it high. <laughs> the beginning is an interesting premise that you're going to have to navigate through, but if you could suspend that disbelief, once you get right into not the middle but like close to the middle, you're you're kind of thinking, "Wow, that's a really cute moment." And you do think like my best friend's wedding, is it going to play long term? And I think it is. Um yeah, that's my favorite Jackie. <laughs> she's my favorite. <laughs> I know she's your favorite. But but you know, that has a big star power. So it was easy to get a lot of advertising money behind that. Whereas there are other rom-coms out and but they're like kind of hidden on streaming services. Yeah. Too much content, not enough people to consume it, I suppose. Um, what is it about this movie that tickles you guys? Like I will say for me, it wasn't um it wasn't that it was an instant classic, but it it to me was something that even the last couple of years I was like, you know what? That movie was really, really good. It turns, it turns into a, anytime I turn on the TV and put that movie on, I'm going to feel good. And I don't think that I thought that initially, even when it came out, I was like my best friend's wedding. Like this scene, what, what, like, Oh God, what, what, and excuse me for being the male who says, come on lady, you know, but at the same time, I just never got it at the beginning. And it's really the last couple of years that I'm like, this movie has everything. I mean, including, like you said, music, the cute moments, um, uh, everyone, her not winning, you know, is, is definitely different. So were you guys into it immediately or did this grow on you? Definitely immediately. Yeah. I think for me, yes, immediately. But I, I, I do think there's also a grow on you thing. There's some movies that have such great lines and great moments that the more you watch them, the more fond of them you become. Um, I think of uh, Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion, which is a, kind of a quasi rom-com. It more ends up where you know the best friends are the are the real yeah. couple in the film. But that movie, I did instantly like it. But as the years went on, there were other things that I discovered about it, or there are lines that I would quote over and over. And I feel the same way with this film, where I instantly liked it. But then the more I watched it, the more I kind of learned about it, or other aspects I liked. I got to go to my instant favorite part of the movie. Okay. I think of this all the time and I don't even know why. Um, it's the, it's the moment where they're um, kind of understanding each other a little bit better. I believe they're on Lake Michigan. Um, they're on the boat and they're kind of, mm-hmm. you know, speaking and getting very close to this moment. And just the fact that they say it's yeah. It's something along the line of that dialogue. Like it's this moment or it'll pass you by. And the pass you by moment was just done so well, as far as on film, Um, that's something that I always, anytime I'm in a, not necessarily even a relationship aspect, but a life, you know, not life changing, but a choice making moment. I'm like, you know, you gotta, you gotta now or never, because literally if Jules would have made a little bit of a proclamation, the whole story could have changed and she didn't, I don't know why she didn't. Was she being selfless in that way? Either way, it didn't matter to me. What mattered to me is that she lost her chance and I think of that quite a bit you you know I I I don't know why I thought it was done really well them dancing yeah I did too it was Mm -hmm. such a beautiful scene because you feel the moment pass too as you're watching it 
And I thought that was so great, but it's also, she had so many chances and I think she didn't take it then because she still was confused and didn't really realize like, because, you know, she has this best friend who I love through the whole movie that kind of keeps humbling her about it and keeps calling her out about all these things in such a funny way mm-hmm. and is trying to keep her on track and trying to like and asking her flat out, do you really love him or do you want to win? Like, what are you doing? Oh, and I right. love the consistency of that through the whole movie, even when he gets into it and plays around in all of that. It was just such a great friendship. So was Kelly, it not- I completely agree with you because I feel like, you know, that the, the moment on the boat um, kind of culminates all of the missed moments that she's had. We even reference, we reference them before, you know, from action before the film even started because he was like, oh, we could have dated then or we, you know, dated for a short time and then it didn't work out. So, you know, she's had all of these missed moments where Kimmy is a different character because she just puts her whole heart and soul into everything. And how about it for Kimmy being a what? She was like 20, 20 years old and she was dressed like she was 45. I mean, you got to love the <laughs> 90s movies for that alone. Mary? Okay, so there's a character... <laughs> There's a character on Buffy who dresses like that, and Mary is talking about that all the time. You want to like? Why does she look like she's going to the school to meet with the principal about her son? (laughs) Not look like she's going to class. (laughs) But yeah, Kimmy's supposed to be like a 19-year-old junior in college, and she's Mm. wearing. She looks like she's dressed just like her mom. Yeah, yeah. It it might have also been the influence of like just the astute, you know, uh, world that she comes from. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's why they did it. But you're right, Jackie, the the openness is something that we all have to look at. You know, sometimes we're so particular as people. And if we're open, we can maybe have a nicer life really sometimes. But Jules was really trying to win. I never thought about that. But yeah, that was like the thing. Was it love or was it trying to be the most desired? Um, So it is a, a, a push and pull of like, what do you want to do, you know, with, with the, your romantic interest and in everything that you do. Um, I just love Have the you movies. ever been in a situation like that? Huh? Have you ever been in a situation like that where you've had that push and pull trying to figure it out? Uh, I think everyone has to many, many degrees. And maybe that's why this movie, re- it, it relates, you know, um, so many, so many years later, some movies are going to relate um, years later and then all of a sudden you're going to be like oh it didn't age well but this movie doesn't do that this this movie plays more into my day-to-day life and mm-hmm. those big decisions um, Jackie you had something too yeah I think part of part of it that also makes it appealing is um, when you're in a relationship with someone you're not just balancing whether or not you love them but you're also balancing like will your lives work together and that's, that's another through line here where um, Jules has this amazing career as a food critic and she, uh, you know, she wouldn't be willing to travel with, she kind of tells her, him that his, my, uh, Michael, I forget his name, the character. Uh, Michael. Yeah. Michael. Michael. Mm-hmm. She tells Michael that his job is basically dumb, which is like, you know, to tell your partner that like, you wouldn't want to be with someone who thinks your job is stupid. And then she, she thinks this traveling, she doesn't like it. So, you know, she wants to be in New York. She has a very set lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And Kimmy does say, I, I want to have my job. I want to finish college. I want to have these dreams. But she's kind of willing to go along with him on his career journey before hers. Sometimes you have, to, it shows that sometimes you have to make certain sacrifices or you have to see where you mesh in there because if you have one person that says 
I want to travel everywhere and this is like my priority and the other person doesn't have that as a priority, that's going to create a problem in your relationship. Maybe I should take notes because I'm more like Jules. I want it all my way. I want where I want to live. We're going to live. <laughs> but little- the thing is like you, you can find your, your person who that meshes with, you know? So maybe, maybe you find someone who's a little bit more like wherever I go, I go is fine. Yeah. You know, and it's just about matching those kind of personality things. And so Jules is more like, I'm the boss. This is my job. This is how I want it. So she would have to be with someone who's okay. Like she would actually have to be with someone who's more like a Kimmy who's like, okay, I'm willing to kind of go along with that. You know, a personality trait I loved of Jules is her uh, conniving ways. And she's she's at the bar and she figures, why don't I find a way to make Kimmy look stupid? I'm going to make her do karaoke. And lo and behold, Kimmy becomes it's like that. I don't know if you guys have. (laughs) Yeah, you do that sometimes. You're like, I mean, yeah, you have that deviant little situation where you're like, I'm going to I'm going to get one over on somebody. And it all hurts you in the long run. Uh, Michael only loved her more, but it was such a good moment. That karaoke scene was was definitely up there for me. Oh yeah, that was a great scene. And it it did, it showed how she was trying to be mean, but she ended up actually having everyone in the bar love her. And it was just, it became such a sweet moment between the two of them because it was so cringy and embarrassing, but that's what made it better. And those are the things that she doesn't see. And watching her, like her eyes open because she is so cut off. Like this is the way life is gonna be. This is the way everything is. And she's now seeing that it's not always so black and white or so cut and dry. And it's it's when she sits there and looks at it and she kind of is just like, you know. She does, she does have to take the L and you feel it too. Like you feel yeah. it by watching her, you know. She she lightly closes her eyes and shakes her head and does a light smile. And it's like, uh, you know, uh, a frustration because you know, she knew she shouldn't have been finagling like that. So really you do have to take that L and you have to really see what's actually happening. Uh, and it's hard too, because what is that like when you're, trying to get a connection with Michael, but then you also want to see him happy because he is your best friend. That's actually a weird connection too. Well, I don't, I argue that she doesn't necessarily want to see him happy because she's thinking about herself <laughs> the whole time. Right. But, you know, it's funny you mentioned that moment where she has to take the L um, in the Vulture article. They said that because Julia Roberts was leaning into being mean for this character. She really, because she at the time was America's sweetheart. So she was really enjoying getting to play this mean character. Um, she wanted to do this, this scene where she ends up still making fun of Kimmy after the scene is over. And they had shot a bunch of takes, thought it didn't work, and then said, just do one take, one take where you just kind of accept that this is the situation. And that's the take that they kept and the one that Julia Roberts did not want. And that was the <laughs> one we felt so much as a viewer. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting, wow. Mm-hmm. Wow, wow, wow. Um, switching topics for one second. Everyone, please uh, contribute to the sentence. Uh, Kelly and I talked about this on our podcast that we have, Difficult Podcasters, but I want a little bit more. Um, what's his name? Dermot Mulrooney um, mm-hmm. has aged <laughs> beautifully. <laughs> Thoughts, everybody, because I don't even think at the time he was what he is now. Uh, Mary, let me hear what you think of uh, good old Dermot. He's definitely, like, he was attractive back then, and he was cute, and I loved Michael, 
But then you see him on like New Girl and the Christmas movie he just did where he actually now plays like the dad. And Mary, I love that you've seen some obscure Christmas (laughs) movie that Jeremy Maloney is in. Okay, you know what? We like to go through the Amazon Prime menu and find weird movies. I love it. Like he has achieved Silver Fox status. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Did you see him on that murder show with, um, Oh, I can't think of the name of it. It was a, a Fox show, but he was a, kind of a bad guy, but he was hot. Yeah. Hotter See, no show. one was saying that back when this movie came out. It's so interesting, but now people are saying that. So See, I thought he was handsome when the series, when the movie yeah. came out, I thought he was, I, oh, mean, okay. he's, but, I think but he's also been handsome the whole time. They then put him next to Rupert Everett. And who that is attractive Ru- when put next to Rupert Everett? Mm. Yeah, Rupert Everett, like, uh, at the time, was like, chef's kiss gorgeous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I even liked the, everything about it. You mentioned how George um, held her accountable, which was really great. And I liked the way he, you know, he was he was rough on her when he needed to be, but he swept in to help her and be there for her. Although he was not going to let it be known if uh, if she did that lie. She did that evil lie saying, by the way, me and George are getting married. <laughs> you know, like I have a mini rant about this because first off, this man is an editor. He has like his whole life going for him. He's being interrupted on all of his like daily things that he's just trying to, he's trying to like do. He's at uh, a dinner, he's being interrupted. He's at a library reading and he's being interrupted. And I'm like, this poor man is just trying to live his best life. And he's being interrupted all the time by Julie Roberts. So the one moment that I really love is when, you know, at, right after she pretends that he's her fiance and they go into the church to tell Kimmy, uh, Julia, Jules tells him, okay, play it understated. And then he just completely so overblows it. And I'm like, good for him for doing it this way. Because I, <laughs> yes. at this point, I would have done that too from being so annoyed. I love how he took every opportunity to embarrass her and put so much, make her so uncomfortable talking about the time that they first met that leads into our favorite singing moment. But just like talking about her outfit and what she was wearing and where she, like, it's just so ridiculous, but amazing (laughs) at the same time. I love the way she was squirming. She's like, uh, George is uh, my editor. And then he just, she wanted to move on. (laughs) He's like, oh no, honey buttons. (laughs) We met at a mental institute. <laughs> with a fake Dion Warwick. He just kept going and kept going and kept going and kept going. And they were also interested too. Oh, I okay. feel like Rupert, you know, I feel like the casting here was very good because I don't know that at the time there would have been another actor who could have sold this as much. He's so he's so effortless in in, yeah. in doing this. Yeah. And I like, you know, as as far as like back then too, like it was a good, it was a gay character, but it had a lot of heart and I felt like it was done well. I really, I really do appreciate, appreciate the way that it was done. And um, it it all culminated at the end with their scene where they're dancing at the wedding. And even that was really cute, you know, uh, just so damn good. You guys, I loved it. That is my absolute favorite scene where he calls her (laughs) at the reception. Yeah. Did I tell you my dress was lavender? (laughs) Well, and then the supporting cast is so great too. They're such great people down to the bellhop. I mean, it's Paul Giamatti. Paul it's like Giamatti. The bellhop I had forgotten that Paul. Yeah. I was like, I was like uh, Emmy award-winning Paul Giamatti yeah. is the bellhop. I forgot. Yeah, he's got like two minutes, but it's like watching her breaking down after what she did and how she can't fix it. And she's 
like wallowing in like the horrible underhanded thing she just did. And that little moment I thought was so touching, even though it was so nothing, yeah. but it, you know, they even like outplayed that, but her aunts were hilarious. Rachel oh, Griffiths and uh, yeah. Karen Griffiths. <laughs> The best ever. What were they? Vengeful sluts? Is that what they called? Yes. <laughs> Something. <laughs> and the, the ice sculpture. The girl. Oh my god! The ice, ice sculpture. sculpture. <laughs> I had forgotten about that when I watched. When she stepped to the ice sculpture. <laughs> but even the parents, like you know, they're you know, their the time that they had on screen was so great. Just you know, everybody singing, just everybody getting into it, and just watching all these genuine personalities. Like, come on! It's just, I think overall, it was such a great collection of people it was good to see all that chaos because you have you know this this big regal wedding but then so much is going wrong yes from the ice sculpture situation to you know you've got michael chasing kimmy and then jules chasing michael and then you know it's being told like well who's chasing you jules that's your answer right there and then the song what the world needs what the world needs now is love is playing <laughs> i mean it's and just seeing like a bunch of great shots through chicago um Oh, I, I absolutely loved it. Um, Kimmy, <laughs> Kimmy, Kimmy. And all the women in the bathroom were just like, oh, she did what <laughs> on your wedding day? <gasps> you know, um, we have yeah. to have that moment, though, because, you know, up until this point, it's like Kimmy has been we have that iconic scene where, you know, Kimmy's saying I could be jello. You know, we like. I, yeah. That's one of my favorite lines in like movie history ever because she's like, no, creme brulee can never be jello. Um, but, uh, you know, so we're, we're pushing Kimmy up to be this perfect creature. And here we show her like having these real breakdown emotions where she, re where she did, she had realized that Jules was sabotaging her, but she was just kind of like trying to mm -hmm. smooth it over and let it be because she was the one who was winning anyway. Yeah. Well, and with, and I think she always knew that that was going to be the case, which is why she had her as the maid of honor in the first place. And which, you know, Jules says as much it's like, you never trusted me. That's why you wanted me here. Like, why would I be your maid of honor? You know, you wanted to keep me close to watch what was happening. And she's like, yeah, and I was right. Look at what you're doing. Damn. And she was able to confront her in that real way. And, you know, put like, it puts everything into perspective on both sides. And I thought that was just like such a powerful thing to see. Yeah. Um, I liked it. I don't want to see a reboot. I think one movie is good enough. <laughs> keep it I'm keep so tired. it keep it as is. And it was done perfectly. It makes you feel good. Um, every time I watch it, I love one more little little nugget there each and every time. You know, like I said, the the part, you know, where it's like, oh, uh, you know, the the, the person that you're in love with is right under your nose. <laughs> 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 They're talking about us, darling. <laughs> just it just is so good and you know every little bit of it is a special part of the movie and um those movies are good you know you work uh mm. nine to five everything's so tiring in your normal life it's good to escape with some just outrageous uh comedy with a little bit i of do have a mini rant though about the fact that the the dad is like go send my emails for me who has who's like i can't i can't push send on my emails i just saved a bunch of them so i need my assistant to i'm do glad that. you said like, that i was questioning that too when it weird when, I, moment. when i first watched it i was like what am yeah. i not getting is he like a is it because of his stature of his career that like you don't send your own emails at that level i i, mean, I have been an assistant and i have an assistant 
I have never sent and like, I have never gone into my boss's computer to send emails. Like I've sent emails where they have been on behalf of my boss, mm -hmm. but I have never actually gone into their computer and been like, oh, well, so-and-so has a bunch of saved emails. Gotta send these out. <laughs> but it's also like back in the day when you had a, like a secretary that would type out your letters for you, like type out your notes before there was email. I think it's like in that vein. And I've like, had bosses that they've had their assistant hey can you go send an email for me from my account just go like write this up and they like dictate what they want yeah i think it's it, kind of like the a, thing that's weird here is thing. like he said like it was technically like he wrote them he drafted them that was the one part of the movie i initially saw for the first time that i was like what am i missing here like what is the play that jules is doing i mean i guess like this man is allergic to the send button and only his assistant <laughs> can function that also thing. so interesting that was like the most pretentious thing that they really showed yeah. Like they had the family be for, for the status that we see them and the lavish lives that they live. They really didn't come across too like snooty up until like that, like little things like that. That was funny. Yeah. what do you think of okay. Aunt Mary? Okay. Since we brought up the email, I now have to add this. I love, and this happens in everything. Now, when you look back at the nineties, she didn't even put an email address. Oh. into that email she just like types his name and his title she's like what was it like to brian like editor of like there's no email address brian editor <laughs> there we go it just yeah. automatically you know these the days knows. where you know these days where you can start typing a name and then it populates the email it didn't even do that no. Yeah, I was I was perplexed with that whole part of the movie for a long time. So I'm glad we at least held it to the fire right now. Everyone's confused about that part. I was like, maybe when you're really rich and you own those Chicago White Sox, you don't have to do nothing. Can you? I need my assistant to help me breathe. Like it made no sense to me. And maybe then what you are, got like a pseudo like contact list in there that has like everybody in the world. Right. <laughs> All you can do is type their name. Yeah. Um, we have about three minutes left here. I want each of you to go around and just state what is um, your what do you think that some of these characters would be doing in a, in a world now so what would Kimmy and Michael be doing what would Jules what would George be doing or whoever else made sense to you we'll start with Mary what do you think they would be uh, so George is, definitely has a super hot husband and they've adopted like five puppies because George is just fabulous he was the MVP yeah. I think Kimmy and Michael are happy and I'd like to think that Jules eventually found someone, but I think she's now published like eight books and is just like being a bad, like, like career. Girl. And then yeah, lots of men, big career. <laughs> yeah. Not, okay. All right. That makes sense. What do you think, Jackie? I feel like Jules has probably been, she has a big career, but she's probably been divorced several times. Uh, like Michael is probably she an was, editor. She was competing with Michael. Every time Michael had a kid, she had another divorce. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and then she, like Michael, Michael's an editor like who settled down eventually in Chicago with Kimmy and they have a bunch of kids. And yes, I like George married with the puppies. <laughs> what do you think, Kelly? Oh, I think she's, uh, Jules has definitely been divorced at least once and she's uh, still, you know, writing, but I think she's still writing and writing books, but still kind of looking for her, the, you know, the Kimmy in her life. 
And uh, I think Michael and Kimmy are still together for sure. But I'd like to see Kimmy actually like have some sort of career too. So maybe she's like, you know, doing some sort of executive stuff in her dad's company. What she wanted Michael to do. Maybe she's doing it herself with kids. I think Michael, I like that. I think Michael and Kimmy have a, a kid, a teenager, a daughter that is not easy to sort of, <laughs> you know, very Jules selfish ways, but they're so perfect. Anti-Jules. Call yeah, anti-Jules. Anti-Jules. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Something like that is what I'm thinking. Uh, um, anyways, you, you all, I think that um, my best friend's wedding is the ultimate rom-com. One of them. Uh, any last thoughts from everybody? Uh, other than that, we will sign out for today. Mary, what do you have? I say a little prayer for you. That's it. Yeah. There we go. (laughs) Love the lobster hands. Yep. Last thoughts, uh, Kelly? Oh, I just love it. I'm going to go watch it right now and everyone else should too. Yeah. (laughs) And the reason we did this, Jackie and I were texting, actually, we were like, there's so many bits of content that are out online. And usually it's like a deep dive of something really negative. Uh, Not always, but there's a lot of it. So we were just kind of like, let's do something that uplifts something. Like we're not going to talk bad about the characters. We're not going to talk bad about the movie. We're actually going to do a bit of content, a podcast that's more in the vein of uplifting something. And what better than uh, this movie? So yeah <laughs> julia roberts was fantastic and i never realized it was julia roberts and jules was her name i never realized mm-hmm. the connection yeah. there um mm-hmm. and imagine if she would have been mean we wouldn't even thought of this movie anymore we <laughs> like a warm-hearted you know villain anyway all right i'll talk to you all later thank you for your time thanks bye I say a little prayer for you 